Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. Now we're going to Alien Invasion movies, everybody. I'm Michael Kurz, he's on the other side. Hey, how's it going? I feel like I'm getting that voice. You remember that Metallica song with like na 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 <laughs> that Yeah, you're gonna have to be more specific. <laughs> oh, the, I can't remember what it's called, but the memory remains, I think it what it what it is. Like there's like, the memory remains and that old lady comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne Faithful, she has such a raspy voice. Um, I don't smoke, everybody. I just have this voice. It's terrible. All right, so um, usually we kind of keep the movies in the same year, but this one's spread out big time. 93, 95, 96, but I figured it was it was good to like collect up like that that kind of idea, and I think I might do that from now on, like pick a couple movies or three movies that are on the same theme. And... Um, so obviously, let's start off with Fire in the Sky. Apparently, based on a true story, but over the years, I've been hearing like, oh, his story is turning out to have more holes in it than Swiss cheese. Um, yeah, I actually did go read his story. It's it's total bullshit. Yeah, it's but it's a good movie, isn't it? No, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, I mean, just probably because the movie has very little to do with what he actually said. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that they just kind of built their own narrative around it. <laughs> so, what what is his story? Yeah, they, they use they use like elements of it but um i don't i don't remember his like this was a little while ago it's pretty much like as soon as i watched the movie i was like huh i'm gonna look this up like oh no this is old <laughs> i don't know it's like the way he described the feeling or the way he described being abducted and the way that the aliens look i was like eh, this none of this seems to make any sense what I love, uh, there's a joke that Dana Gould tells about being abducted by aliens, and it came out right after this movie. He's like, yeah, I was abducted by aliens, and they probed me for hours. And the funny thing is, they giggle like my friends Chuck and Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, but I'll say this. there's The alien abduction scene itself is one of the most terrifying things I've ever witnessed. Holy fucking crap. Yeah, it comes like right near the end of the movie. Really, when you don't expect to see that kind of thing, and actually, that's what I, I think is kind of one of the biggest misses of this movie is that I don't think they should have shown the abduction at the beginning. I think they should have left that part out. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is just more of like, a, well, did they kill him? Or because the whole premise of this is that it's a bunch of guys who were going who were in a truck driving, and this mysterious light comes up. One of their friends jumps out and gets abducted. And then they have to tell the police. They have to decide, like, do we tell the police what happened, or do we just ignore it and pretend nothing happened? And uh, it kind of becomes this mystery where everyone thinks that they killed him. And uh, I think if we didn't know personally as the audience that he was abducted, I think that would have been a more effective like mystery. Yeah, that, that could be like a Rashomon of, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, of alien abduction folks. Yeah, you know what? That would have been a better take. Hmm. Yeah, and then because uh, like it kind of deflates tension a little bit when you do know the truth and we're being when we literally saw it. I mean, but that doesn't take away from like performances, which are fantastic, and it is it is still a good mystery because even though because we still don't know what's going to happen to the rest of these guys. Like, yeah, well, we I, know they're innocent, but no one else believes it. That's true. Yeah, um, the part where he's being abducted, and they all kind of just stand around, and go, "What do we do?" And I, if I was being abducted, like, grab my feet, you fucking assholes. <laughs> I find it so strange. I'm looking at the director here, Robert Lieberman, and I look at his filmography, and he did a really generic kids movie before this called All I Want for Christmas, does Fire in the Sky, and you know what he does after this? 
The Mighty Ducks 3. <laughs> Who is his agent? <laughs> it sounds like someone like, as if they're like, well, we had this director on fire in the sky and we had to fire him because he was too slow or whatever. Who do you have available? Well, my cousin Robert's available. <laughs> is he fast? Is he cheap? Yeah. Yup. <laughs> That's such a weird filmography. Um, I, I think that in this, I mean, yes, D.B. Sweeney gives a knockout performance, but I think Robert Patrick doesn't get his due. And if you know anything about Robert Patrick's career, you know, he did, of course, Terminator 2. That's what everybody knew him for years. And that kind of dragged him down because everybody just kept casting him as either spoofs of that or these cheap, low-grade, direct-to-video action films. But there's this. And how did that not help his career in any way? It wasn't until, like, fucking striptease of all things that people started seeing him. Copland and The Faculty, you know? And then it just recently was incredible in Peacemaker. Oh, you are correct with that weird ass hairdo. Uh, but I remember when he uh, he took over on X Files the last two or three seasons. I I really like Robert Patrick, and I'm glad that he got a second chance. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, nothing else really to say about this movie, at least from my part. It is interesting that uh, that the whole thing's kind of been up for debate and questionable. But I want to ask you something off the movie but on the subject is do you believe in aliens um sure i mean it depends what you mean if you mean like the grays kind of thing not really but i don't know you're talking about like does life exist on other planets like almost uh, almost undoubtedly yeah yeah it's like i don't believe in the whole religion thing i it just seems like it's farcical made up or either exaggerated parables that went from trying to teach us a lesson to being religion and that, oh, there's a big man in the sky. He's all loving and all knowing. But, you know, if you don't follow his rules, you'll burn forever and ever and ever. Can't they just do like because 10 years in hell? Do you think they'll learn their lesson? No, forever and ever. <laughs> and, I, and I think the devil is just something you blame your fucking shitty behavior on or something to demonize other people. But there's something interesting about like sasquatch and and uh wendigo and stuff like that you know those kind of things but the one that makes the most sense to me like it's possible is aliens why would there be only one kind of living you know like why this one planet the galaxy is infinite there's not a wall once you go out of the milky way it's not like oh we're done you know there's other galaxies are you really telling me that we're the only life maybe we're the only life like this but there's got to be living something you know, worms or something. I don't know what. Sponges on other planets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. Yeah, it's just it's so yeah, weird. It, depends, if like, like, I mean, it could be people like us that also just don't know how to go between galaxies. And, yeah. You know, we're all just stuck where we are. Well, it takes forever just to get, you know, to Saturn or whatever. And just imagine, yeah. like, your life would be over with before you could even get out of the galaxy, I think. I don't know. How long does it take, you think, to get to Pluto? <laughs> the hell? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what, well, am I an astronomer over here? I don't know. You're smarter than me, though. That's all I know. Yeah, kind of. <sighs> um, so let's talk about something that's not that smart. <laughs> that's species. <laughs> well, 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 let's, go, let's go back to Fire in the Sky just uh, okay. uh, briefly. Cause I do, I do want to talk about the, the ending sequence of the alien escape because that is sort of like the classic. Like when you think of alien abduction, like that is what you think of. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it, what, whatever yeah, they do is... Yeah, it was harrowing, and they didn't, like, try to explain how, like, the gravity worked or, like, what they're even doing, what their tools are, or anything like that. So, like, everything just kind of hits you at once. 
and it just like makes you feel so claustrophobic and like it really you can really empathize with the character and what he's going through because you're like shit man i don't know what's happening <laughs> like are these are they good are they bad is this a, a misunderstanding like i don't know what's going on and so it's like it the only other <laughs> the only other thing i can think of that kind of even comes close to that is i don't know if you're a huge star trek fan um but there's an episode in the next generation um where uh members of the of the enterprise just sort of slowly come to realize that they're being abducted at night and no one's figured it out yet and they 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 go they go into um uh the the room where they can construct things my brain's fried right now but um and they all like talk through like what they remember and they basically all just collectively remembered a torture device that they remember piece by piece and it's just like something so unsettling about that and this movie really hits that yeah, for me, Star Trek, I watched, like, the first, I think, three seasons, and it got a little broken up, and I remember watching the movies, but after that, I was crazy about Star Trek for, like, five years, and that was it, and so I've seen all the original, I've seen the first part of Generation, but I never saw anything after that. Yeah. Um, I saw Species opening night, and Ooh. holy ah. fucking shit, that place was packed. I mean, absolutely, like, almost Ooh. sold out. Everybody lost their minds, and look, when I was at this age, I was like, great boobs, gore, yeah. action. Um, That's kind of all. Yeah. The, um, but I just watched it again, I think since, I, th- I remember renting it once after it was in theaters, because I watched it with some friends, and I haven't seen it since. So it's been, what, 90, since 96 or whatever, I've changed a lot. Look, I still love boobs, I still love gore, I still love my action, I love Michael Madsen, I did not like this movie. <laughs> it is trash. It's somewhat entertaining trash, but this was fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, that's actually that's actually weird. I kind of have a little, not necessarily the opposite, but like when I first tried watching it a couple of years ago, um, I got to the part where the girl gets to the train, and I was like, eh, I don't think this is for me. This is a little stupid. But actually, like sitting down and watching it past that, I was actually kind of surprised that it was a little more. It was a little more to it than I initially thought. I thought it was just going to be sexy woman going out and having sex, and then that's it. Which there is <laughs> well, that's that a big part it, of it. Obviously, there is that element to it, and I think uh, Cronenberg's Rabbit does it way better. Oh, but, absolutely! Yeah. Well, uh, even they, The Fly touches on that too. Yeah, uh, Rabbit is such an underrated gem. I'm surprised no one talks about it. It anyway, is. We should go back to the '70s and discuss early Cronenberg, like Shivers and stuff. Oh yeah. The Brood. Oh, the brew is like one of my my favorites, man. It's so good. I'm gonna lick this weird uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that movie just keeps like upping the ante. Like every oh, time yeah. you think you know what's gonna happen, it just goes the opposite direction. It's so good. Anyway, sorry. Back to species. I know we don't want to talk about it. We want to talk about Cronenberg. No, now, no, but, we can talk about species. Um, it's uh, look. <laughs> some of it is. I, 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 some of it works great, but it's so much of it doesn't, and it just kind of like trips over its own feet, if you know what I mean. Like, it, oh, it sets up this thing, and like, oh, you made stupid decision. Oh, well, to be fair, a lot of the part where I was like cringing was the CGI. <laughs> oh yeah, at the end. God, I wish they, I wish they had found a way to do more practical effects. But no, this is this is right at the era where everything had to be CGI. It was a selling point to be CGI, and. Like, I like the beginning, you know, the scared child. So I have to ask you this. I must have missed it. How did they get her in the first place? How did they get this DNA or this whatever it is they created? Oh, they, so they were basically, 
they, they found out that like some radio frequency uh, was communication and they were able to communicate with an alien species who gave them their DNA and they thought that like oh this is like some kind of we're going to do some kind of weird program we're going to create one of their species or a crossbreed or something i don't know why but that was the explanation they didn't really go further into that yeah it's uh they they bred i think they crossbred it with human genes that's how you got what we got but because there's a scene later in the movie where they're in the lab and i think it's just a straight up dna and then when that gets loose or whatever that's what it really is it's like this spore fucking it's like the thing from life with jake gyllenhaal um, no, uh, I still think I actually there are some elements I do really enjoy. I actually thought it was interesting that like in order to track the creature who pretty much has gone dark now, um, they have to employ people with a lot of different abilities. Yeah, oh, Forrest Whitaker, yeah. Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. It definitely feels more like a, a detective case where like okay, starting from square one, how do you find a, an alien that looks like a human? Yeah, it's, well, it's like it's the way they do it like, in Mission Impossible where they build a team based, you know, like, oh, okay, we're going to get yeah. this guy, this guy, and this guy, but it's with monsters. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's interesting in that way. And another element that I thought was interesting is Forrest Whitaker is sort of the empath. Um, what I really enjoyed about that is that you don't see empaths uh, as, as men in movies. It's usually yeah. women, so I thought that was kind of an interesting twist on it, which is kind of like how X-Files was, and I think that might have been a reason why they went in that direction. Um, but I also like that they respected him, um, which is something that a lot of movies are like, oh, we're, we're not going to listen to your emotions. We're just going to shoot a thing. But like they actually listen to him and they rely on him in a way that you don't usually see in these kinds of movies. Uh-huh. So I really like those parts. And uh, I think that's about it. The um, I, I think he does give the best performance. Him and Ben Kingsley actually have something to do in oh, this yeah. movie. Most of the cast just has to have anything, and you're just like, okay, you're just... I mean, like, Michael Madsen, look, he's a, a great, tough guy. But he doesn't get shit to do in this movie besides looking like the tough guy. You know, and then I thought that was kind of a waste, because I think it's the only time he's ever been a lead in a studio film. Alfred Molina's character is fucking stupid and deserves everything that's coming to him. <laughs> almost everybody in this movie is just a, a vehicle for plot like they go to a place like the the most you can say about what most of these guys do is they go to a place and then someone says huh look at this clue and then they go to the next thing like they they do almost nothing come on a woman who wants to breed is in his bedroom that he's never met before there's no way his co-workers are just gonna give him a hooker oh yeah he's just so sexy yeah, he's a fucking moron. Seriously, so damn dumb. You know what? The guy who wrote this wrote another movie, which is one of the few times I watched it. I wanted to go up to the box office and say, please give me another ticket for a different movie, please. Was Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis. This guy is not good with sci-fi. <laughs> I never even heard of that one. Yeah, oh, really? Uh, Virus, it costs like $90 million or some. That sounds like a tax shelter. There's no reason. I saw the movie. There's no reason why it costs 90 I think it costs like 30 at best. And it's just like, oh, this techno virus was sent down by a satellite and it infects people. It's the thing, but on a ship. It's, it was terrible. Damn. Yeah. And that's also something that's funny about this too. Like, the special effects at this time period uh, are so trash. And that was it was funny that that's a selling point. Where it's like, this looks so horrible, and people are like, oh my god, it looks so real. And then 
Like nowadays, you spend half a billion dollars on Avatar, and people are like, oh, looks fake. Yeah. Oh, well, TV now, the special effects are so good. I was just watching Cobra Kai, and they did this face replication kind of, what do we call that? Um, deep fake for Johnny when he was in 1984. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, how did they pull that off? And it looks great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the. Um, this is another guy who it's just weird for his director Roger Donaldson it, it just jumped from genre to genre to genre before this it was like Cocktail No Way Out The Bounty The Getaway Dante's Peak The Recruit The Bank Job you know it's just but in the middle he has this sci-fi horror film which it does not shy away from the gore everybody if you're a gore hound at least it's got that going for it yeah that's true and it has Giga design y'all <laughs> It has what? H R Giga Giga. I don't know how you say his name. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. I remember seeing that in the credits. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> just looking at it going, yeah, that's definitely. He's got the weird nipple thing going on. <laughs> that's definitely Giga. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the sequel or any of the sequels? No, I don't really. Is is there one that's like surprisingly good or nope. like funny good? Don't I only I've only seen the second one. The second one's so goddamn horrible. And they're like, you know what sold so well in the first one? What is it? The plot? Fuck no! It was the titties and the <laughs> gore, and they just that's, go. That's super... what I figured the sequels would be. That's why I haven't bothered. Yeah, the first one opens up. Now it's a boy alien, and a boy species or whatever, and he grows up fast to a big, handsome, horny man, and he ends up having within like the first ten minutes, like this orgy, whatever, like a threesome, whatever. He gets both women pregnant, and they just like ah. Their guts are spurting out, but you're like, they're completely nude. It's like, ah, this is not, this is weird. I feel gross. <laughs> yeah. And that's like most of the movie, yeah. But, you know, you get Michael Madsen for someone five bucks. Has, so someone has an impregnation fetish, that we know for sure. Oh, okay. yeah. The, um, yeah, it just doesn't hold up for me. But you know what held up, even though, again, the special effects are a little questionable, but only like one thing I thought. Um, I really love The Arrival. I thought it was a very original, very clever sci-fi flick from David Toohey. And, and most people know him because of the whole Pitch Black trilogy. But every time he comes up with something, it's always unique and original. I really love his writing and his directorial style. I think he knew his budget was tight. And he just did the best he could with the special effects, like keeping it kind of in the shadows. And he I just mean, there's, gives, a, there's a decent mix of practical and special. So yeah, I think he it did a very good job of just giving you something you had never seen before, like a whole new take on aliens. Like, why do we have global warming? Well, <laughs> turns out the aliens want to take over our planet, and they're just speeding up the process. Yeah, it was like, well, you guys are already doomed anyway, so what's the what's the harm in just speeding it up a little? Yeah, and I like. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's performance is completely different than anything that he's ever done before. This is my favorite of his. surprisingly good. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a point where... So he had done a really big movie called Terminal Velocity. It was very expensive. It it bombed horribly. And he had come off of like three or four flops. And I think that he was desperate to not only like branch out into new roles, he's like, oh shit, I better grab the big paydays as soon as I can (laughs) before they're all dried up. And uh, this company, Live Entertainment, they had basically done direct-to-video movies. And they're like, hey, we're making this $25 million movie, which to most studios was nothing. But they clearly had a good script and they're like, well, let's, let's give this a shot. Sadly, it wasn't a hit in theaters. It opened up against Dragonheart. I don't know if you've ever seen Dragonheart, but that was a big crowd pleaser and that made a lot of money. Yeah, that was the Mickey Rourke one, right? No, 
Well, I wonder if you're one you're talking about. That's the one with um, the giant CGI dragon. It's a sword and sorcery movie. It's Dennis Quaid and Sean Connery voices the dragon. No. Oh. Okay. It's in my voodoo. It's great. And um, it, it's a, it, it's had like five sequels that are, that are much beloved by... It's all directed video, but it's much beloved by families. Um, so it opens up the week after Mission Impossible and opens like the week before um, Twister. And it... I think I don't think I have this right, but whatever. It was a whole bunch of blockbusters around it and against it, so it didn't have a chance. It, this company didn't have the money to promote it. Plus, Charlie Sheen was kind of cold, but it blew up on video. It got a, a direct-to-video sequel where it focuses on his brother. Who just, spoilers, not to ruin it for you, but Zane dies at the beginning of part two because they can't afford Charlie Sheen. So his brother's trying to yeah. unravel the mystery, and they did a really good job of, A, they found a way to incorporate the old special effects, like replating them, if you know what that means. Um, yeah. They did that with, like I think, Starship Troopers 2. And just they created a story that was original, but also built upon what you had seen in the first movie. And I don't know, I'm a big fan of this really short franchise. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there were some parts about it I don't like, but you know what's one thing that you a guy like me is gonna love is how much sweating it's gonna be because I feel like there's not enough sweating in movies yeah god so this was just everybody was sweating yeah so if you haven't seen the movie the whole thing is they they uncover this whole conspiracy that aliens have been here for quite a while and they're speeding up the process of our greenhouse effect you know uh, what they call climate change now um which because um what was that fucking president uh dick cheney uh did a whole study that said hey people aren't scared of the word climate change <laughs> so let's change it to that so they're not so scared um which means we can get away with more um the uh and then he you know just slowly just destroying his life the more he gets into this the more they just try to erase everybody and everything that's connected to this so you already have that thriller aspect but i thought i thought the sequence where he actually goes down to mexico and, and into their little lab or whatever i was like these are just unique original ideas i had never witnessed before and i thought it was so creative and his world building was just fantastic and those aliens Yes, they're not visually, like, especially with your eyes today, they're not visually convincing, but they're unique, and I'll, I'll take it. Yes. Uh, you know, this isn't like the gray, bipedal uh, aliens that you would understand. They're, like, they're, they're kind of more like cricket looking. A little yeah, bit. yeah. I mean, the, the leg popping um, thing is original. It's not convincing in any way whatsoever. I don't know why they thought. They should have done yeah. it with practical effects. Yeah, or just like like the, the scene where it, where it happens for the first time where you realize oh shit this is aliens for reals um that scene is very i laughed so hard when that happened watching an old man just like pounce like that it was very funny like they should have just not had that and instead like oh my god he's at the top of the building how did he get up there and then right that would like make you wonder what's happening instead of just like showing a very silly uh, animation of an old man jumping yeah, like that. but um, it's still it's still a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I actually thought like the opening scene where they're where they found the original um, um, signal and like them just like rotating around each other in the in the office chairs and like, clacking away at the computer and shouting numbers and trying to figure out what's happening. Like to me, like that that was done really well. Uh, I, I I felt like the intensity of that moment. 
Yeah. And I love sleazy-ass Ron Silver. <laughs> he's so good at this. I mean, he's. I think his best performance is that... What's that uh, cop movie with Jamie Lee Curtis? I can't remember the name all of a sudden. Cold Steel, Blue Steel. Blue Steel. Oh, Blue Steel? Yeah, I really love his his performance. That is crazy. But this one, he's like completely in control. He's like, don't fuck with us. We won't destroy you, whatever. There's no way to stop us. I thought it was a, just a really controlled, cool performance from him. Uh, wasn't he the, the lead villain in Heat Vision and Jack? Yes. Like Weren't you the bad guy in Top Cop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're never going to bring up the arrival, sadly. But um, the one thing I don't like about this movie, and, and I... I, I the kid. I don't know why they chose a kid who keeps his mouth open the whole time. Because <laughs> it was all... I, so many times in the movie, I was like, just shut, just close your mouth, close your mouth, you're going to catch flies. And then, like, his popping, his legs, whatever, and then running away, I was like, oh, that's the worst stuff. I don't know how the fuck you even do an effect like that. Why can't you just... just Couldn't they have a special effects guy come in with fake legs and just do a cutaway? Come on. Yeah. Or just like an extreme close-up, I think, so that way you don't have to do the whole body. Or... Yeah. The um, I thought that ball. Well, I'm still confused on how it works. <laughs> it was a really cool idea too. What is it? So it has like three cameras on it, or what? It just captures everything. I don't understand yeah, what that I, is. No. <laughs> like, well, yeah, like it also like destroys all evidence of a crime as well. Like it sucks up everything in the room, but not the house for some reason. I don't know. It doesn't really have any. Yeah, but I mean, it pops open, it has these lights on it, but then it looks like it's capturing the image of what it's seen, and then sucks everything into this vortex. Does it go into an alternate universe? Is it inside that ball? Like, my watch is in there! Crack the ball open! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, the ball disappears too, that's right. Oh, I don't remember that part. I, I think the ball disappears, it's like the evidence or whatever, and I feel like when they sucked up all the stuff in his apartment, it just goes, and gone. The other one, the one they find, is because it falls out of that guy's hand when he gets frozen. Um, and then it accidentally goes off. Yeah. Whatever it is, I just thought it was a really cool, unique uh, sci-fi film that sadly for a long time has just been buried. Yeah, and unfortunately, if you try to look up this movie, you might find a rifle, which is, you know... Yeah, the one from like five years ago. Yeah. I was yeah, telling somebody about this and like, yeah, oh yeah, the one with um, Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams. Like, no, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else you want to say before we go? Um, not really. I mean, it was it was good. It definitely had its flaws. Um, overall, I enjoyed watching. Of the three, which is your favorite? Okay, yeah, and I think I made it clear. The Arrival is my favorite. Um, that is it, everybody. You know where to find us. And stay creepy, everybody. I don't think that's going to last. It doesn't sound right. It sounds so fake and forced. We'll work We'll work All right, cool. Four years into this, we'll still be working on us. <laughs> All right, bye. start one of these goddamn things. I don't know.